Happy Hardies. How is everybody doing today? Pirate Kith here. Sorry, regular host couldn't make it today. I hope everybody has some grog for a good show. We're going to talk about culture and civics and Halloween. Cheers to you all. All right. This was a fun one to look into because it turns out there's a lot going on about Halloween. A lot of it I didn't know. I've heard rumors and that sort of thing, but I really didn't know very much about the holiday. So I started reading up on it. Um, it started a couple thousand years ago, probably before Christ. Uh, it's now a pretty fun ce celebration that's only got a distant tie to the superstition and religion and and uh, the traditions of the past. But it's all ingrained in that and pagan and Christian religions and the government influence on the holiday. Uh, so I'm going to go through some of this stuff here. Uh, and uh, pirates, as it turns out, they weren't very good at optics. So I have to take my pirate glasses off and switch. Excuse me. I don't think the pirates had very good glasses. But they had cool. They did. They did have cool knives, though. I like them. Anyway, uh, how it celebrated got changed a lot. Um, but the history, uh, it goes back to uh, October 31st pagan celebration. It's a season, seasonal transitions. Uh, the fall one is about the harvest uh, and the dead uh, bonfires. Uh, the holiday is pronounced Soin, and it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Soin. Right. I'm going to look at somebody's got a comment here. Let me make sure. I. Audi Dave, I Audi Dave. Good to see you here. Good to see you. So the um, the the life and death was always part of it, uh, and the other world on the Sowen holiday uh, on 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 that day, October thirty first. That is the that is the day that the minimal transition between the other world and the real world existed. So spirits could come into the real world. And uh, living people could transition into the other world and they could get stuck there. It's a scary day. Uh, it's a day to come back home and, and light bonfires to keep the spirits away. And the living and dead were commingled on, on so night. That's when the gap is the smallest. And it was primarily about the harvest because the fall harvest, uh, when this started 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, um, Harvest was a life and death event. If it wasn't a good harvest, people died. Uh, they they needed the harvest, so it was a life. It was always a life and death event. So, right from the beginning, sowing uh, was about death, uh, both already dead and perhaps the people there becoming dead, and spirits. Uh, when the Roman Empire conquered the um, pagan, started conquering the pagan world as the Ro Roman Empire expanded throughout Europe, uh, the uh, Christian church and the government, basically, which were the same thing then, as far as the civics aspect. Uh, the Christian church, they adopted the pagan holidays to assist with transitioning pagans to Christian. So to get people to convert to Christianity, uh, it was helpful to keep their culture, their a lot of their tradition, their holidays. So the Christians switched this to a Christian holiday, 
uh, they changed the name. There was uh, the, the two, the Soen and uh, Lemuria was the spring holiday. So there was two, two seasonal transitions. It's the dark to light and light to dark, uh, which was Soen and Lemuria. Um, they started in 1609. Uh, they converted, the Christian church converted the Lemuria spring holiday into All Saints Day, which hollows is holy people. So, you know, All Holy People Day. They said it All Hallows Day, and often we hear people now say it All Saints Day in English. It was All Hallows Day is how they said it. Uh, that was in 1609 AD. So the government um, was involved in this holiday starting in 1609, maybe before that. I don't know. But it's a Christianized holiday to help convert the pagans. Uh, the... Um, Lemuria, then to get rid of, uh, Lemuria did well as converted into All Hallows Day, All Saints Day, which was about Christian saints. Um, same sort of thing. The rest of the tradition they kept, they just converted it from the pagan uh, worshiping of the, the pagan spirits to the Christian spirits. What do you want to call them? Um, pretty much the same holiday, but it was a Christian one. Um, the bonfires, uh, they would wear masks and dress up and honor the dead and light candles to keep the bad spirits away. And they could talk to the dead and they would uh, also light a candle to help the ancestors come visit them. Like most of that stuff stayed. That's all comes from the pagan holiday. Uh, always about death. It was always about dead people and death and spirits, ghosts, that sort of thing. Um the uh, Christian church then transferred uh, Lemuria into uh, October 31st. Um, oh, this was 1609 AD, excuse me. The original Lemuria um, celebration when they started calling Halloween a different day, that was in the, around the year 300. So this is a 1609. They moved the, uh, the new All Hallows Eve to October 31st. What they're trying to do, what they did do, was they wanted to change the Soan pagan holiday to a Christian holiday. So they changed the date to October 31st, and that became All Hallows Eve. Uh, this was 1609. Uh, the door-to-door -door thing also began that. This was a tactic that the Christian church and the Roman Empire government was using to help convert pagans, try to encourage pagans. Uh, they had poor children would, would dress as spirits, and they would go door to door and the people would give food in exchange for the kids doing prayers for their dead relatives in purgatory. So the Christian church's theory on that is that uh, when you die, at least in we're talking about 1609, the Middle Ages, medieval times into the Middle Ages. Uh, I actually don't know if this is still this way in the Christian church, but when people would die, they go to purgatory and they say in purgatory, you need sufficient prayers for you then you can lift from purgatory into heaven. So the way, one of the ways that you could get your dead relatives from purgatory into heaven was to get a lot of people to pray for them. So in exchange for the poor kids' prayers, uh, that they would come door to door. Uh, the kids would pray for their dead relatives in purgatory to go to heaven, and they would give them food. And they also used the you know Christian principle of charity to encourage people to give food to the poor people. So they tied it in with that. That's a brilliant tactic. Um, the fact that Christianity has survived all this long, uh, they had some good tactics. So that's a pretty good one. Uh, that's when the door-to-door -door thing started. Uh, uh, witches were always part of the medieval worldview, um, both by Christians and and by you know earlier pagan religions and all sorts of different cults. Um, that's kind of the model 
Halloween icon, but that was part of this from the from the Middle Ages on. And in the 16th century, we had the you know the witch panic, the Christian witch panic. Um, uh, some Christians, I should say. So some Christians started this uh, witch panic. Uh, you remember the Salem witch trials, uh, the Puritans who were um, often kind of held up as a model of religious freedom, but that's bogus. Like the Puritans were not about religious freedom at all. They were completely the opposite. Uh, they were certainly willing to use force to get other people to use their religion. So it is true the the Puritans came to the Americas to escape religious persecution. That part's true. Uh, the rest of the common preferred narrative on that is all bogus. Um, the, the Puritans did a lot of bad things. One of the things they were into was burning witches, which at the time were probably women who knew the medieval cure stories from, you know, and they live by themselves. And that's why their broom and their pot, they would mix up potions in and maybe some of them worked, maybe some of them didn't. It's a, a, I digress, but maybe the witches were the Dr. Fauci of, uh, of the 16th century. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I digress. Um, and uh, I'm just uh, checking at the chat. So uh, Juliet, hello. I'm glad you like it. Uh, you spelled my name wrong. It's K-I-T-H. Keith could make it today. Uh, this is Keith. I'm sitting in for uh, for Keith. Uh, and hi, G-Man. Anyway, the, um, the 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 some of the celebration is really left over from the Celts that that started it two thousand years ago at least. Um, the Irish and Scottish were were big on this, uh, and they they called it Hallows Eve. Sometimes all Hallows, but they tend to call it uh, Hallows Eve. And if you've ever heard a Scottish guy talk or a Irish guy talk, the way they say Eve is Eam. So the, the holiday to uh, Scottish, particularly, and Irish too, have that accent. Some uh, they would say Halloween, which is their way of saying Hallows Eve. Um, guess where the name Halloween comes from? Anyway, so uh, in British in like 17th century England, um, the they still kept that of uh, going door to door for food. So some Christians are still have this, you know, prayers for purgatory part. But that kind of medieval Christianity was was starting to die out. And we're talking about the 1600s now. Um, it's still there, but you know, some of that was dying down. They started the tradition of doing plays. So uh, same kind of thing. The kids would go door to door and sometimes adults, uh, they would have plays for food in exchange for food. Um, and then a, uh, a fun event, which is totally tied in with Halloween. And I had no idea uh, is Guy Fawkes Day. So if you recall the Guy Fawkes story, which is coming up Saturday, by the way, you should watch V for Vendetta to celebrate Guy Fawkes. Um, Guy Fawkes was a pro-Catholic, uh, sometimes they call him a terrorist, but I'm not quite sure. I might, uh, maybe I should do a rebel civic show called Guy Fawkes Was Right. But anyway, uh, on November 5th, 1605, 1605, Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the House of Lords with 36 kegs of gunpowder. Um, I guess that would have done it. But unfortunately, a dude got caught or maybe fortunately, depending on how you look at it, uh, if you want the government. I don't really think that's a good way to overthrow the government, but the uh, House of Lords in 1605 did have some problems. So I, I don't want to like pass judgment on Guy Fawkes just because he wanted to change the government. Um, so anyway, the uh, he got caught. Um, they, uh, they hanged him. 
as punishment for trying to blow up the House of Lords. And then they, uh, the story is they drawled and quartered them and they took all the pieces and they threw it in the bond in a bonfire. Um, so that's when the destructive part of this destructive part started in talking 1605, I guess 1606. So, uh, it was mixed in with the Halloween, Hallow's Eve, uh, All Saints Day, whatever, the Christian holiday, and the Guy Fawkes Day. Uh, kids, probably boys then too, but there was a lot of destruction. So they would, on the anniversary of Guy Fawkes Day, and it later morphed into on uh, All Hallow's Eve Day, um, they would go around and wreak havoc, uh, light fires, uh, break things, throw rocks through windows. Um, it's a holiday about destruction and it's called guy fox day and they still have guy fox day um the uh, if you saw thumbnail that's my girlfriend uh she's lived in south africa until she's 35 now halloween isn't a thing there but guy fox day is uh that's a it's a big thing everybody gets together they have parties now it's like a food and drink party they don't go around and destroy property um, but they do celebrate it and uh yeah so saturday watch v from vendetta in celebration and uh remember guy fox Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder season and plot. I know of no reason to ever forget. Damn, I forget the rest. Something like that. Anyway, um, that was 1605. So this destructive nature started and uh, jumping ahead. It was called Mischief Night when I was growing up. But basically, it comes from that, from 600s England. Uh, uh, Haiti Dave, it's the 5th. It is the 5th. Yeah. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. Um, so I know of no reason to ever forget the 5th of November. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a little celebration. Um, anyway, so that's the 1600s, uh, this destructive celebration, also celebration of death. Uh, the whole goblins and ghouls and boogeyman and witches and ghosts. You know, the ghosts were uh, dead spirits that came to haunt. And the uh, the white sheet is the, the wrap the, that they would put around the dead when they died. So that's what the ghost costume with the sheet is. That's based on what you wrap a dead person in uh, when you're burying them from medieval times. Remember, remember, redacted. Yep. Remember, remember, never forget. Damn, I forgot the rest. That's a good quote. Yes, that is ironic. Um, you can remember all the way to the never forget part, but not the rest. <laughs> so anyway, that's one of the traditions. Um, the uh, Another uh, story here, this like the jack-o'-lantern, how that started. And I'll get into the pumpkin part later. But jack-o'-lantern was a guy, I think. It was a, certainly was a legend. His name's jack-o'-lantern, Irish guy, O'-lantern. Um, he was a troublemaker problem. Uh, they called him Stingy Jack. She, you know, all, I, I read a bunch of names of him that like, uh, not good names that he was, he was a problem guy. Uh, he ended up in hell. Jack O'Lantern though, uh, he was a troublemaker in hell. He was a huge problem and the devil eventually couldn't deal with Jack O'Lantern anymore. So they threw him out of hell. Now I didn't even know that, uh, there was such a thing in the Christian religion, but yeah, Jack O'Lantern got thrown out of hell. Um, and so he went back, but a part of his punishment, he could only go around at night and the devil took a bit of pity on him. He gave him a coal from the fires of hell. And when Jack uh, got back and he was walking around London, 
or or Dublin or wherever he wherever he got sent back to, uh, he got a turnip and he carved a turnip with some holes in it, and he put the coal that the devil gave him and he walked around with that. So this is a like medieval pagan Christian. I don't know which. They're, they're kind of mixed up in all this anyway. Uh, Halloween is a pagan slash Christian holiday. Uh, it's not even worth trying to distinguish the two. Um, the uh, the kids then, when they would go around uh, both doing plays, um, breaking windows instead of uh, getting a, tr a treat, um, they would go around with uh, turnips with a candle in it to light their way. So that's where that started. Uh, I don't know how far back that was. 15, 1600s, something like that. Maybe after the Middle Ages. I don't know if it was before or after the Enlightenment. But that goes pretty far back, except they use turnips. Um, for anybody that's ever been to Europe, I don't think they have pumpkins there. So anyway, more on that part later. Um, so in the 1833, so the first written that I found out about, perhaps there is one, but uh, I saw a report. The first written hollows in, I'm pronouncing it the E-I-N-E, -E, they called it all hollows Eve. Uh, it's about telling ghost stories around a fire. It was in 1833. So by 1833 in the U.S., there was a celebration of Hallow's Eve. Um, and it was about ghosts and dead people and fires. And, uh, oh, the bats kind of come from that. That At least that's a theory that uh, because there wasn't electricity um, in the medieval ages or the Middle Ages or even 1833, um, if you lit a bonfire outside at night, the bats would come out because it's where all the bugs are. So uh, often that might be the only time of the year people really saw bats. You didn't see them much without lights. Maybe in a full moon you could see them. I think that part's a theory. I don't believe it. All right. Cheers, mates. So th this was a Scottish so um, tradition, Irish. That part of his Irish tradition, uh, the, the carved turnip thing. From Jack O'Lantern. So 1865, uh, at the end of the War for Southern Independence, uh, that's really when the American holiday started to get going. And it was because there were so many people killed. Wasn't I forget the number, but it's something like a quarter of all males in the country were dead. Like there's a huge number of people dead. Don't quote me on that number, please. I know that I'm not up to my normal rebel civics fact check. If Keith was hosting today, he would not throw out a number like that. Like it was something like that. He would have a link and he would show you the link. But I'm not showing any links today because pirates don't do links. So you're not getting any links. Um, Keith told me he reads out of the Constitution, but uh, I don't care about the Constitution. I'm a pirate. I don't care about government. Um, Kith, pirate Kith, I'm an anarchist. So no, I'm not going to read you a quote from the Constitution. So you're getting a little break from that on today's show. And uh, I don't know how to do links. So anyway... Uh, 1865, the, the war for Southern uh, independence ended, and there were so many dead people. And at the time, a lot of people still believed in coming back from the dead or spirits, talking to spirits. I know there's some people that still believe that now. Uh, the whole heaven, hell, purgatory, all that was still was was way more uh, widespread than it is today in America. So a lot of people thought their relatives maybe could come back. And so on Hollow's Eve, they would talk to their relatives, light candles so they could help find their way home. Uh, they're helping. It was about the soldiers that they were hoping that they're missing in action, maybe dead, maybe not. Who knows? 
uh, transportation wasn't so good in 1865. So um, people showed up six months later. Turns out they're still alive. Or maybe they were uh, had a leg badly injured and it took them a year to get healthy enough to come home. All kinds of reasons people might come home. But anyway, that's kind of where, from what I found out, that's about where the American holiday really got going. Um, 1865 and into the 1860s, 70s, 80s. Now, during that period of time, uh, that's about when the Irish potato famine was, uh, a large number of Irish and Scottish uh, moved to America to escape the conditions in, in Europe then, uh, particularly in Ireland. And they brought the tradition of the Halloween, Hallows, Hallowseen, as they pronounce it, but Hallows Eve, which is a celebration of the holy, all the holy people in the evening. And these were Irish, and uh, they also brought the tradition of destruction with them. And yeah, Irish and Scottish, they are known to have a drink or two now and then. So yeah, alcohol is a big part of their holiday celebration. No offense to Irishmen. I'd like a good Tillamore do here and then, now and then. Um, and as the evening wore on, uh, they would go around and look for food and drink, knock on doors. And uh, later in the evening, they would be a little more emphatic about people giving them food. And they always had a little bit of destruction and fires and that sort of thing uh, tied in with their holiday. Um, it's kind of how the, how the thing got going. And, uh, you know, by the like 1900s, you know, by the, by the uh, turn of the century, um, it became uh, a bigger and bigger destructive kind of holiday in, in America, kind of based on that, really going back to Guy Fawkes and, and this idea that they would you would break windows to get um, break windows or did all kinds of crazy stuff. Take apart a horse carriage and rebuild it on top of somebody's roof. They have no way of getting it down. Uh, people go around and open up gates and let livestock out and the livestock be running around the town. Uh, Crazy stuff, lots of crazy stuff, like things on fire, uh, that sort of thing. That was really big by around 1900, um, 1910, 1920s. Uh, there was a lot of that that was associated with it. And it still had the whole death and the dead and talking to the dead and the candles and the witches and the ghosts. Um, that was all part of it even then. And so the, uh, the, the governments, basically, this is now I'm talking mostly about America, um, they tried to shift this into something, get away from that. So that's when uh, cities started doing Halloween parades. So it was something like 1905 or 10 around there, Allentown, Pennsylvania, the first one, Tom's River, New Jersey in 1919 or so. Um, I, I didn't write this one down, but uh, that was the uh, first one that's still going on. So these parades were by cities to try to distract people from the destruction. So they would have a parade at the time people would be destroying things and try to convert them. So that's kind of kind of Halloween um, parades got started uh, with the government trying to mess with, uh, trying to stop some of the destruction. Um, but that continued some, like I said, it was called Mischief Night Was uh, when I was a kid. Uh, then the uh, in the true American fashion, the holiday got converted to making money. Like people realized that, oh, you know, we can make money on this. Pretty cool. So one of the first things in that, the really old Charlie Brown uh, show, remember the great pumpkin? Um, Bugs Bunny was into Halloween. So uh, 
when the, the, the great pumpkin was, for those who don't remember that, Linus would sit in the pumpkin patch. And I listened, I listened to a little clip of a, of a Charlie Brown episode. So on uh, Halloween, Linus would sit in the pumpkin patch because that was the day that the great pumpkin came and uh, gave him gifts. And he would write a letter to the great pumpkin. And Charlie Brown comes up to him and says, Linus, this is ridiculous. This is, he didn't say ridiculous. I like, why do you believe in this dumb stuff? And he says, or no, he says, I'm sorry. He says, when are you going to stop believing in this dumb, great pumpkin? And Linus says, the same day you stop believing in that fellow in the red suit comes, gives you gifts. That was pretty funny. Anyway, I didn't mean to talk. I should have had the clip of that. If Keith was here, he would have played a clip of it for you. So anyway, this whole commercial shift, um, people started selling masks. Uh, they started paper costumes, and then the costumes got more and more elaborate. And Americans in their uh, capitalist system, uh, it's now, I saw two numbers. One said it was a $1 billion a year. Another one said it was a $6 billion a year. Uh, obviously, it's a huge industry in America now. Um, a lot of people make a lot of money on it, and it's really fun. Uh, there's 4,000 roughly haunted houses in America where adults can go and get the shit scared out of them. Um, one quarter of all candy sold in the United States is the week before Halloween. Uh, if you go into a grocery store the week before Halloween, there's a whole aisle of candy. So, yep, um, Americans did their thing on it. Uh, and now a lot of people make a lot of money. And it became a fun thing. The costumes, you know, go back to the beginning of the 1900s. They really focused on hiding from the spirits. So they would dress as spirits, ghosts, that sort of thing. Uh, part of the commercialization, like, is people started doing uh, different kind of characters, all kind of characters. And that's really Hollywood that kicked that off. So the first Halloween movie was 1978, Halloween. Uh, I remember that one. I was a teenager then. Um, I listened to an interview with the producer of that, and he said somebody asked him that, like, how come nobody's ever made a Halloween movie for adults? And he was like, I don't know. That's a great idea. How come that was never never done before? So that turned out to be a uh, – they spent $325 million on it, and it grossed, grossed – uh, I forgot the number now uh, – more than 10 times that. Um, huge, huge success. And that kind of kicked off um, converting horror movies to more of a mainstream thing. Uh, before that, horror movies were just ridiculous B-movie type things. Uh, that movie in 1978 just converted that. And now the whole horror movie, Halloween, we get all these different... Uh, since then, all kind of movies have been released. And, the Hol and Hollywood, in their great fashion, um, they started this trend where people now dress up as movie characters so that's all pretty recent in america um so you don't have to be a witch anymore or a goblin or a ghost uh you could be charlie brown or or a hero from some movie a good or a bad one um the uh you know the tradition for women they kind of converted the the witch look from the like ugly old you know hag with uh the big huge pimple and the Hair, you know, Marie Laveau down in Louisiana, where the black tree grow, live a voodoo lady named Marie Laveau. I should play the Dr. Hook song too if I knew how to do links. We'll have to get Keith in to play that later. Um, 
the the women's clothes now for Halloween tend to be super sexy. Um, that's that's the look. Uh, that's nothing like the original costumes that they would wear. Um, that's kind of an Americanized thing, as I see it. It's a it's a culture change. So it's become a fun holiday. So you go back to this thing that was about death and destruction and talking to the dead, uh, worshiping the dead, being scared of the dead, uh, and a lot of violence. Um, I was going to mention in the, in the 60s that, you know, we called it mischief night. So um, what, what was called Hollow's Eve. Uh, when I was a kid, we called it mischief night. And the bad kids would go around doing fairly mild, like they didn't generally in the town. I lived in, people didn't burn houses down. Uh, that's not true everywhere. Chicago, Philadelphia, Camden, where I work, serious problems with this. Um, I wasn't, I, I think I got caught once writing with soap on somebody's windows. My parents explained that was personal property. You can't write soap or throw toilet paper in somebody's bushes. So my parents converted to a really fun holiday for me. This was in South Jersey. Uh, when I was a young teen, I would get stationed after sunset on the roof of our two-story suburban house, and my dad would park the cars close to the house with uh, two or three hoses all connected together, and he bought me a really good hose nozzle, squirted far. And so when the kids came up to toilet paper or shrubs and write on our windows or on our car with soap, I would squirt them. And October 31st, if you've ever been to South Jersey, it's pretty cold usually. Um, by then. So if you got soaked uh, and you were a kid on October 31st in South Jersey, you're probably going to go back home. You can't stay out. You got to go back home, get dry clothes. And they would get caught by the parents. And after a few years, uh, uh, everybody got to know that, um, you know, my neighbors knew, the parents knew that if their kid came home soaking wet on the night before Halloween on uh, mischief night, uh, they were doing some stuff they shouldn't have been doing. So they would get punished. So anyway, that was my uh, that was my first use of a weapon to protect my property, my parent, my my house. Anyway, that's what Mischief Night was then. Uh, I worked in Camden for a year. Mischief Night there was a much more serious problem. Like people got shot and died. Uh, buildings were burned down, especially abandoned buildings. I remember a uh, a little Camden prank on Mischief Night was some teenagers were up on top of a four, six-story abandoned apartment building, uh, shooting fireworks at cars drawing by, and they set this up in advance. They had a refrigerator up on top of the roof that they found in one of the old destroyed apartments. And when the cops pulled up and got out of the car, they doused the refrigerator with gasoline and lit it on fire and dumped it off the roof onto the cop car six stories below and smashed it to smithereens. Um, that, was, that was the kind of destruction in Camden. I don't know why I went into all that, but yeah, I remember the destructive part of it. Uh, the old people probably remember that. Uh, I don't see that as a tradition now. Um, it kind of got converted when I was a younger adult. Um, people got scared of letting their kids out. The whole helicopter mom thing started. So uh, it birded from cultural thing where the kid would have to make a costume. Like we had to rummage around in the garage or whatever and our, our old clothes drawers and find stuff. And maybe we get my mom to buy us a few things. But basically, we, you know, it was a day where we were on our own. We make a costume that was part of the fun. Um, and there's no way we'd let our parents go with us on trick or treat. Like that violates the whole idea of Halloween. 
Halloween, the kids get to be something totally different, unsupervised, and go out. Um, and you get paid to do it. You get candy. Fun thing. Um, oh, I have to back up a little. I missed one of the stories you're going to say. So I don't have good enough notes here. Um, the, uh, the candy thing started in the 1920s or so in the United States. Uh, it was a bribe to the uh, young kids, probably mostly young boys, but to the kids for destroying, like don't break windows, don't light any fires, don't, uh, I read some of that stuff that was common. Oh, they would take one of the steps off people's front porch so they would trip and fall and get hurt the next morning. They'd open up the gates and let the animals run around. So in a um, uh, America Home magazine, a uh, writer who was also a mother and had a home in the, around the 1920s, she wrote an article saying she tried this thing on, on Halloween where she would, in, instead of just trying to keep people from destroying her stuff, she set up a little party in her front yard and she gave kids candy in exchange for not busting up her house, not destroying things. Um, that's when trick or treat started. So the trick part of that is we're going to do something. We're going to play a trick, like let all your cattle out or the sheep or take a step off so you get hurt. Uh, take a carriage apart and put it on top of your roof. Um, break windows with rocks. Uh, that was the trick. The treat was candy. And that was a trade. So trick or treat is a trade like you bribe the kids with some candy so that they don't break your windows. And that's what trick or treat is. That started around the 1920s. I don't remember the exact year. Um, yeah. Howdy Dave says treat or else. Uh, you also talk about South Africa. I'm going to read this one. South Africa has many ghost stories and Guy Fawkes and Halloween are celebrated. I think it started to trend because of Hollywood and TVs in the 70s. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll ask about that and I'll I'll post it in the in the comments. Um, the uh, yeah, Halloween from like I said my my uh, girlfriend lived there until she was thirty four, uh, born and raised there. Uh, she's Afrikaans. Um, they celebrated Guy Fox Day, uh, but not Halloween. Uh, she knew about the Halloween holiday from TV. Um, anyway, and we celebrate holiday. She has an awesome pirate pirate last outfit, and uh, we went out. Um, anyway, uh, that, that shift, that trick or treat shift, the, the candy thing, and now kids are all hopped up on candy and you get to the end and one quarter of the candy sales in the United States are the week before Halloween. So, um, I just want to kind of end with that interesting cultural shift, um, from these superstition, uh, worship of idols, saints, the Christian thing, the pagan stuff with the talking to the dead and the dead coming down and, the dead going up, the Christian part of praying for people in purgatory to go to heaven, uh, burning witches at the stake. Like that was the culture. It's really not all that long ago. Uh, the Salem witch trials were not that long ago. Um, and now it's just a fun holiday. People dress up, dress up as a pirate, go walk around, have a good time. It's a social event for adults and kids. Uh, kids go out and get hopped up on candy and, um, it turned into a fun holiday and in the good American tradition, a lot of people make a lot of money on this one. I don't know if it's 1 billion or 6 billion, but sounds in the ballpark to me. Um, anyway, I hope uh, you enjoy the civics aspects of All Hallows Eve or Eve. My Scottish accent isn't all that great, but I did learn to say that one now called Halloween. 
Um, there's a lot of history here, and I bet there's a lot more. And there's also a lot of stories about it. So anyway, um, thanks for watching Rebel Civics. If you've got a few extra Dublins from your last pirate adventure on the Treasure Coast, um, you can throw them our way at unsafespace.com slash donate. Um, help us keep the lights on and, and uh, all the stuff going. And uh, from the Treasure Coast of Florida, and I'm not joking, I actually live in an area called the Treasure Coast, um, Pirate Kith signing off. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake. <laughs>